Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. Hey, this is Josh. It is Wednesday, July 12th. Doing it a day late. Yeah, but it's New Comic Book Day, which is fun for you. New Comic Book Day. Not that there's anything particular you're getting today. I don't know. You're more digital-based now-ish. Yeah, which is... God, if you could go back to 12-year-old me and say that I would be fine just getting all of my Marvel comics in a digital subscription app, one, you'd be like, what? Yeah, you're basically like a PDF. That's basically what you have now. A digital what now? But no, I still buy comics, but yeah, I, one, have a delivery of them, and so I kind of skip the middleman. So I'm I'm still supporting a local comic book store, but it's just a virtual local comic book store. And they bring it to here or to your house? Oh, well, that's a whole other uninteresting story. (laughs) Obviously, Um, (laughs) one person was interested. Me. My delivery guy was switching things up to go to a mail-based system just so he'd have more hours in the day and he wasn't driving all over town Mm -hmm. and i was like okay then i found out that he is literal next door neighbors with a couple of my best friends out in orleans and i was gonna feel like i was inconveniencing someone if i was if lee once a month would go make a pickup for me because he lives in orleans but my friends look out their front door and see this other guy's front door (laughs) he's like stumbling with a bunch of comics (laughs) like a college professor that's how i picture it so what we do now, and I assure my friends that I'm not doing this just to get my comics, is that once every couple weeks or once a month, I will do a little Saturday morning sneak in and watch a cartoon with my fake niece and nephew and my friend. So that's what we did last Saturday is they went and picked up a delivery for me and came to the Mayfair. We watched a movie. So, But what a bizarre one in a million chance of my comic guy's home base is beside friends of mine who have lived there for years And we did not know. Stuff like that's fun. I don't actually think this particular thing will happen, but apparently there's someone else in the world with the same name as my wife. The same first and last name, not just, you know, there's tons of Emily's, but anyways. And so I guess she lives in Portugal, that person. And the only reason that she's aware of this is that at one point that person's mother reached out to my wife, which I thought was like when she was a teenager, but apparently this was a couple of years ago. And I'm not sure what the reasoning was. Just, I don't know, maybe there was some sort of mix up or whatever. Just, oh, my name is also that name, you know, whatever. And so she lives in Portugal. And so my best friend's father just moved to Portugal. Whoa. And I was like, oh man, could you imagine (laughs) if he ends up being next door neighbors with your doppelganger and like i feel like portugal's pretty big yeah don't think that's gonna happen it's not quite the same as your story but it made me think of that it was but then also like where do you go from there you're just like oh hey you have the same name as my friend's wife okay someone dropped off a resume and we're not hiring anybody so if this person happens to be listening it's no offense it's on file kick rocks says josh the person's name was josh strafford Come on. The resume's right in this box. I I guess that's true. He did point where resumes are. (laughs) There's a box. I I pointed to the resume box. Can confirm. But Sarah, one of our staff members, came towards me with this big smile holding this resume. And I looked at it and I was like, what? And one, way more accomplished than I am. Way smarter than I am. But she laughed and said, well, we got to hire him, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that seems like this weird nepotism. But then it would also be confusing, wouldn't it? Like. Josh is working on Thursday, but Josh is working Wednesday, or Josh needs this day off. Yeah, you should be... Actually, this same thing happened to Emily. They hired a new Emily, and then they were trying to be like, oh, how do we figure out the two? And they were like, oh, you can be old Emily, and she'll oh, be new no, Emily. She's like, cool. why the hell am I old Emily? I've been here for years. So I'm like, that's not cool. Like, you don't want to be old Josh. No. In my uh, techie days, we were setting up a show out at that little hotel mini convention center by the baseball stadium. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
And so we were setting up drapes. It's this whole ordeal, like big poles, and they go up, I don't know, 50 <laughs> feet in the air. But you got to do it all at once because if one guy goes too fast or too slow, it makes things fall down. So it was myself, another friend of mine named Josh, and four other people. Was it the Josh who applied here? No, like, a different Josh. Josh Stafford and Stratford <laughs> previously yeah. worked together. So the exact same thing happened, and they were about to say, tall Josh, him, Ooh, and short ouch. Josh, me. Oh, that sucks. And I saw it coming, and I interrupted, and he went, oh yeah, tall Josh, and and it just went, awesome Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was more of a... Uh, I think appropriate name because I'm not short, short. I'm not like Danny DeVito. I'm just, no. I'm not six foot four. You know? I would never have described you as short and I'm six, three, six, four. Yeah. So I feel like I'm allowed to know if people are tall or short. I don't That's know. the thing. If you're two people with the same name and one is six something and one is under six foot. Yeah. That's just the key, right? You could be taller, Josh. Like, yeah, like that yeah. might be, you know, or like tall hearted Josh. You're like starting to stretch it by that point, but you yeah. don't want to be short Josh. It's funny. Blues Fest is on in Ottawa right now. And it's funny how quick life can change. Where I worked for Blues Fest, I think for 15 years. Jeez, what? And then COVID happened. And then the company I work for doesn't organize Blues Fest anymore. And I don't really work for that company anymore. I'm kind of, re- that was freelance. <laughs> More importantly, I don't that work too. for them. <laughs> but it just kind of happened, you know? Like I didn't get a thanks for working for us letter. I didn't get a, <laughs> hey, do you still want to do this? I just kind of realized that it was happening. And it's weird when stuff like that, it used to be I would take a week off from the Mayfair and work at Blues Fest. It's just weird how stuff like that happens sometimes. And Weezer played and I didn't even think of it. And I'm like, oh, I could have at least been a jerk and just gone stand outside the gates, you know? But especially here in Ottawa, I just, at any given time, there could be a tornado or a snowstorm or a thunderstorm, or the air can be too poisoned. And no other bands on the marquee that day were ones I was interested in. I didn't really want to stand outside all day. So I missed out seeing it. And this part of me, it's really pompous, but I'm like, don't you know who I am? I've done this for 15 years. Yeah. And I mean, you put in time, it's kind of like, makes me think of here, you know, where I'm yeah. like, <laughs> at what point are there going to be people that I didn't work with? And they're like, no, 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 you got to pay. I'll be like, no, I was slinging corn. <laughs> I put in my time. I was here in the tornado or whatever it was when Josh and I had to put on a artist signing and then, you know, oh my God. And then he still had to drive through <laughs> Montreal. I just read about our friends that they have the closing film yeah. at Fantasia. Yeah, and that's and it's so crazy too because like I mean they're literally from Montreal. R K S S. Yeah, and so the, that must be like such a cra- well. I mean I know that he literally said it in his post, but you know, yeah. it's like such a big deal. But that's so wild to me. Like if you grew up in this thing, like going, it made me think of like you going to the Mayfair as a kid, kind of or as a younger person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then to be able to have to play the festival at all, but let alone have the closing one. That's crazy. And like Nick Cage is going to be at the festival. I mean, we Nick buried Cage the lead. Has to drop by. Yeah, July twenty second. They're doing. Uh, I think it's like. Yeah, six days before his new movie drops, you know, everywhere else. So they're doing the world premiere at Fantasia. He's going to be there. Are you going to go and I'd, stand outside? And... Man, I don't know yet. Well, if I was going, I'd be inside watching I the ma- movie. I wonder but... if it's sold out yet. It's not on sale to the 15th. Oh. So I don't know. I like, And I was telling Emily, like, I should go. Like, I'd like to go. But it's, yeah. it's just, it's kind of awkward. Like, I'm not, because I wouldn't expect her or anyone else to go with me. So then I'm like, am I taking a bus? Because yeah. if you do the train, and then what, am I getting a hotel? At that point, you're in for like 500 <laughs> bucks. It's not like I'm meeting him. It's yeah. not impossible, but it's not likely. No, it's tough stuff like that. Well, like, we're going to Fan Expo. And it's so funny because it's like, so cool. I got invited to Fan Expo. But I'm not a superstar. Yeah. And so <laughs> we're paying for Transpo. And just, it's one of those things where we have friends in Toronto. 
could probably crash on a couch, but then there's just this point where you're like, ah, I'm a grown up and I can afford it. Yeah. And so we got a hotel. I think it's a funny hotel where it's probably about the size of this room, you know, <laughs> but it's so much more convenient too. It's, it's right near the convention center. We won't have to get on the train for 45 minutes or whatever every day at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but it is, it's that when you go to a convention like that, there is a chance I could get some neat career thing out of it, but you're really just doing it for the love of the game and to see friends and go to a Comic-Con and you just don't even think about uh, the hotel or whatever. That's just, and we haven't traveled for four years. Yeah. So, you know, we're like, ah, we can splurge and do this. Yeah, and it's all, it's so situational. Like, we were trying, we had to, we're going to a concert in Montreal September 1st or 2nd or something like that. And we hadn't figured out the hotel situation yet. We're going with friends of ours. And it was just, I think at the time, you know, you're like, oh, it's so far away, whatever. And then, but I think it's a long weekend that weekend or something like that. And so they were getting snapped up like crazy. The hotel prices were not normal. Jerks. And and luckily, I was able, like, I just, I checked on, I think, Expedia or something like that. You know, I even looked at Airbnbs and, like, they weren't cheap either or just not convenient and we just well i'd like to be able to walk you know if possible and so i was able to find like the last room oh yeah the only do is like the couples coming with us both snore oh god so like we found several hotel rooms that were just one room with two beds not great yeah you know? like and it's and that's that kind of sucks because then you get to the point where you're like okay so we're spending an extra hundred bucks because you guys snore yeah <laughs> uh dot 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 you know but it's it is what it is so we were able to find like the last room in this thing that it's it's actual like two bedrooms you know which was crazy but yeah like just to say you never know like because we also looked in toronto and the cheapest one we could find was like 600 bucks and it just at that point we're like i don't think we're going anymore <laughs> i think that happens in toronto all the time they have so many festivals and conventions and things that they just get swamped. We got stuck. God, what trip was this? Some trip back from the States and everything went horribly wrong in Toronto and we couldn't get back to Ottawa. And there was also no train, no bus, no whatever. Oh, is this when they had just the crowds and crowds of people yeah. and all the luggage, all that? Yeah. It was nuts. They were even going to put us in a hotel and couldn't because there was no hotels. So we phoned a friend of ours and their saints and we just stayed with them overnight. But there was no hotel in Toronto. Like, it's a big place. There's <laughs> no probably lots of hotels. <laughs> there was none. Man. I think that happens whenever there's, I'm sure, for TIFF and for Comic-Con and for whatever. If there's a big Blue Jays game and thousands of people are coming to the city for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, especially when, if the Raptors are playing the same. I don't think they play at the same time as the Jays. I mean, it might kind of depends. Maybe some summer league at best. But when you do have, like, the Leafs are playing and the Raptors are playing and something like that, you just... I don't know. Like, yeah, it packs up real quick. There's a concert or something. Like, I don't know, the weekend's playing or whatever. There's something I've heard of. So it's like, but speaking of Comic Cons, that Uh is a perfect tie in to my apology for last week's podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, my favorite thing. (laughs) So, first of all, I couldn't remember how I worked this into the podcast at all until I was listening yesterday. And it was like, okay, that was not organic, but it's fine. So, I I referenced a character I felt to be named Zaz, (laughs) which I'm going to say is a funnier name, first of all. But anyway. Yeah. So, this obscure character that almost nobody has heard of except for at least one person that was listening <laughs> that character's name is Zax it is not Zax did you wikipedia this to double check well only like after the fact Zax. I, after i sort of not really got called out kind of a little bit you know yeah. rightly so and so the name is z z z a x right and so i just remembered it as z z a z because to be honest like i just remember i see the first 90% of the name and i kind of i guess i just like stop looking and I'm plus I'm like, Zach's made me think of Zach's Diner. I'm like, that's not, that's a whole other thing, you know? So first of all, apologies for getting that name wrong. But let me just say, I had the second and third op- 
appearance of <laughs> Zax already. I am a Zax fan, despite not knowing the name. But since then, in the last week since this snafu, I bought the first appearance of Zax, almost like as a penance for yeah. not getting the name right. And then as a follow-up to that, two days later, the guy canceled the order and oh, refunded no. me. So I had to buy it again from someone else. So I'm maybe the biggest Zax fan now. I don't know how that works. But I'm yeah. trying to peer pressure him into getting a Zax tattoo. You know, I haven't <laughs> even gotten the figure yet. We joked about that last week. We were like, yeah. oh, you know, I wonder if he has a figure. And he did. There's three different wow. Zax figures. Only one is like a real action figure kind of thing. And it looks it looks kind of crappy. I'm not going to lie. What a world that we live in. I'll never forget. I can't imagine this is a spoiler now. But if you don't want the post-credit sequence for Guardians of the Galaxy spoiled. Oh, boy. You couldn't have written this better. Going into the movie, I was just kind of ranting about how what a great golden age of nerd we live in. And I said... Who knows what's going to happen next? I wouldn't be surprised if Howard the Duck showed up in a movie. If you tell me Zax is at the end of this movie, I'll lose my no, mind. No, but then Howard the Duck shows up at the end of the movie. Okay, okay. And, but I called it like Babe Ruth hitting the home run. <laughs> and I was so blown away. But just that now, like that we live in a world where Zax has multiple action figures. And I think is in a straight-to-video Marvel movie yeah, in a cartoon yeah. or whatever. And and just 10th level obscure. Yeah, no. And I had never even heard of this character until like two months ago, even though I just said I was the biggest fan. But anyway, I'm, a, I'm a clearly a liar. Who doesn't now he'll know show up in about. the next Avengers movie or something. What was the other thing that Howard the Duck, voiced by Seth Green, yeah. made a cameo in? Briefly, briefly, I think in all three Guardians. Okay, so and- that's what I'm thinking of. Without a voice in Avengers, okay. when the big crowd seed happens. He's, yeah, because there was a there. bit, you know, where he's in it for like a few seconds, and I just can't remember what the hell that was. Yeah, I think I guess... in Guardians 1, 2, and 3, he has just the tiniest of cameos of like, huh. I think, literally one line. <laughs> but there you go, which but I it, forgot But as a credit, he gets to say he's in those movies. Man, yeah, I wonder what they're going to do. Like, if they'll, they, they're sort of teasing that, you know, I don't know that they'd actually do a Howard show or other movie. Who knows? Yeah, like at this point. I would not be surprised. No. For real. Like, and people keep saying, like, they're running out of stuff to do. They're not running out of stuff to do. And the big one, of course, for us is they haven't done Alpha Flight yet. True. That would be so cool because Alpha Flight's headquarters is in Parliament Hill, which I can see from my front balcony porch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I work near there. Actually, so I guess my wife works with Alpha Flight in a way. I I never thought about that, you know? I mean, technically, they were just hired to work on the place. It's not quite the same thing. (laughs) Same thing. Alpha Flight adjacent, I guess. She'd make her an Alpha Flight badge. Or like a shirt, like a Go Puck Yourself shirt. Like, is that, oh, has yeah. someone done that? Probably. I don't know. That's so obscure. It's not Zach's obscure, but it's like <laughs> yeah. right up there. Okay. We have talked about enough oh, non-Mayfair things. All of the things. We have a short week this week, which I like. We have four films plus the beloved Saturday Night Cinema. Oh, yeah. That could be anything. Could be anything. So for the week of Friday, July 14th, we have three new films. First up is one called Past Lives. Oh, yeah. Giantly acclaimed and award-winning film so far. And this is one of those, well, I guess we're halfway through the year, but this is one of those front runners of best film of the year that a lot of people are throwing that out there. It's been getting a ton of crazy good reviews for a while now. Oh, yeah. The plot is two childhood friends are wrestled apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they're reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. Five stars from The Observer, four to four stars from RogerEbert.com. It looks really good. And it's interesting because 
Somebody referenced that it kind of has a bit of a timey-wimey thing to it, so I think it maybe has the alternate universe. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say it was like frequency, where they no, could, yeah. like, from the past, they're getting, like, transmissions from themselves. So I'm not sure about that, but somebody mentioned that, and it doesn't, but it seems like it could be, like, oh, we're going to see what happens if she goes this path or the other oh, path. like sliding doors stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, at least we've been able to reference many other movies that yeah. may or may not <laughs> be not. like this movie. See, the problem is, I always don't want too many spoilies, because I love going in not knowing anything right but just knowing that it it's so funny we always joke about mayfair does nothing but show good movies and everything we've been showing lately is just like five stars this award best film of the year so we show a mix of those and then movies that we know are fun bad you like grizzly yeah that's that's, <laughs> kind, of, that's kind of where we we lay that's pretty well you know and it's and those are great films for what they are you know it's just a very very different type of thing so this next movie will be good for the person who was upset that we didn't put a warning on the movie with the lesbian kissing in it. I was just listening to us talking about that. <laughs> yeah. This other highly acclaimed film is called Blue Jean. It's a UK film set in 1988. A closeted Ooh. teacher is pushed to the brink when a new student threatens to expose her sexuality. Damn. And this takes place right in, not that we're in some glory days now, <laughs> but right in the trenches of when... All this was illegal, essentially. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's so sad that this movie takes place in 1988 in the UK, and it could take place in 2023 in Florida. That's also the Video Nasty era, too. Oh, where yeah. Where they were banning all those sweet movies that we were just talking about playing. God, so weird. It's such horrible. But again, this is five stars from The Telegraph and The Guardian. 95% all critics, 96 top critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And it looks really good. Looks like one of those... And looks like a really good heroic central character going through turmoil and coming out the other side kind of movie i like that and i'm hoping that there'll be a blob remake poster in the background somewhere because that's the year that that came out so. oh yeah yeah that's in the uk yeah, yeah. I, I look for the weirdest things in these movies that are nothing about any of the things i talk about <laughs> see anytime somebody goes oh that poster was there it happened recently on stranger things i think yeah yeah that poster was there but that's not how it was and my reply <laughs> Even before this world where everybody knows what a multiverse is, my reply is always multiverse. Because also in our world, there's not these monsters and things. Yeah, true. So maybe in that corner of the universe, Lethal Weapon came out a year earlier. Or people were mad about Ghostbusters where they were like, oh, there's something in Ghostbusters where that's not how that would have worked with the mayor and stuff. And I'm like, well, also in our world, we know that there wasn't any ghost busting in the news. So... It's always like you you got to give a movie a little bit of a leeway because it's not our world, right? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, saw a quick um, Mark Hamill clip where they were just filming the scene after they were coming to the trash compactor. Oh, yeah. And he was worried about that his hair should be messed up. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. we were just coming out of this thing. And Harrison Ford's like, it's not that kind of movie, kid. He's like, yeah. if people are paying attention to your hair after that scene, we're not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I've never once thought about what his hair looked like after the trash compactor. Like, this is not that's not what you watch these things for. I'm really good about not noticing that kind of thing <laughs> or that there's a magazine that should not be there because it's the wrong month or whatever. I, no. I just, it's true. If a movie's good, I got to look into this. Supposedly, Scorsese really doesn't care about continuity. 
Hmm. And his movies are all over the place where they'll be like a cigarette is wrong or a glass is half empty and then half full or a button undone. And he just doesn't care because he's like, if a movie's really good, we can just keep shooting. Yeah. And so now I got to go back and find these dozens of continuity errors in Scorsese movies. Well, somebody's got a website of that, I'm sure. Oh, like, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. for a filmmaker like that, it's like the work's done for you. Yeah. Then our Ottawa premiere this week is called Once Upon a Time in Uganda. Oh, yes. A documentary about a brick maker in Uganda who becomes an internet sensation when he tries his hand at making high-concept action movies. Whoa. We've had this guy on screen yeah. in the Mayfair for a Q&A via Zoom. Him and, like, his whole family. It felt yeah. like, like that was the funniest thing, like, because their time it was, like, 3 a.m. or something oh my God. crazy, maybe even later. Yeah. And then, so it was, like, the main guy, and then just all these other people would appear, like, a clown car. <laughs> and it was so funny, because every time someone came on screen, like, we were all cheering and clapping, because we had just watched the movie. Yeah. And it was such a, like, I'll never forget that Q&A. I didn't know this was a documentary, though. Yeah, so this is a documentary about that about how this guy super ambitious with no money no mm -hmm. training made what i think you would call a so bad it's good movie but then i forget the quote in the trailer but it's something like he's made 47 movies in yeah. five years or yeah. something like that and well and also too like i know like he had the weather like inclement weather kind of destroyed their gear at one point oh yeah and like destroyed i don't know if it was his house or the studio or something like that but like yeah i follow him online and yeah there has been like just uh, stuff happens you know like and it just it's already hard enough as you said there's no money very little gear yeah. they're not professionals and then you're dealing with weather and all this other stuff and probably local governments all that too so it's an insane story I love this kind of stuff. It's just so inspirational for whatever your dream is. This sounds mm. so It's a Wonderful Life. But <laughs> this guy was making little movies. He probably never had ambitions that a few years later, he would be the subject of a documentary that's winning awards and has uh, 10 out of 10 from Film Threat. Well, and yeah. that his movies, and they show a little clip of this in the documentary just from the trailer I've seen, is bringing joy to people. And people are wearing t-shirts of his movies. And yeah. people at Alamo Draft House and at film festivals are going to his movies. You know, a bunch of people came to his movie in Ottawa and he did a Zoom from Uganda and people gave him a big round of applause. Yeah, constantly. Like, and I and, love and that. even during the movie, too, like he didn't see us watching the movie, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. like we were just whooping it up throughout. Like it's just, it's fun. And like, and to me, like you could just, he was beaming throughout that interview. Like yeah. you could just tell. And it's one of those things where like, even if you said to him, oh, that was a shitty movie, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. He would not be offended by that. Like no. nobody would say that, but you could just tell the fact that it was bringing joy to anyone not in his family. <laughs> you know, it was oh, like yeah. incredible. Yeah. Years back, we had the actor from Troll 2 come in and do a Q&A and autographs and everything. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world. In real life, he's a dentist. Oh, yeah. And he just acts on the side. And, and we've actually screened a couple other movies, B-movies, that he has been in. Mm -hmm. But he's the best example as well, where he was so nice and had a big smile on his face and answered all the questions and took pictures. And same thing, when he made this movie called Troll 2, in his wildest dreams, I don't think he would have imagined that, God, what, 30 years later, 25 years later, he'd be doing appearances at Comic-Cons and signing posters and being in other movies. It's so nice when that turns out that way that something finds an audience and finds life like that yeah especially when they're able to embrace that and not we've talked about it before where you know the neil breens and kind of at first the tommies that are sort of like you know apprehensive about accepting the praise from yeah. a midnight audience kind yeah. of thing and, and I, I always find that fascinating because it's coming from a place of love like, it really is nobody's here angry and venomously uh, you know yelling at the screen or something like oh well, i mean they are yeah <laughs> they're put in a good way and so yeah uh, it's always nice to see yeah uh, actors or filmmakers 
filmmakers who really embrace that and are just like positivity is positivity I'm not I didn't make Citizen Kane I wasn't trying to make Citizen Kane thank you for just taking the time to enjoy it yeah so this will be a good segue but this came to my mind as we were talking about this Jonah Ray who's one of the current hosts and directors of Mystery Science Theater Mm -hmm. they're on a bit of a hiatus at the moment but hopefully they'll be back he did Joe Dante's podcast and Joe Dante was not nice to him oh man because he wasn't rude but Joe Dante I think had an image that Mystery Science Theater was really like mean and looking down its nose at the B-movies like picking on them basically Yeah. yeah and he has this real love of that era and he came out of that era of Roger Corman and stuff and poor Jonah who loves Joe Dante like we all do (laughs) basically was just kind of backpedaling and going like no sir well it's no different like when you grew up you read Mad Magazine and if 2001 was made fun of in Mad Magazine or Jaws was or Star Wars was you could still read that and still love the original thing hand in hand and that's kind of like stuff like Mystery Science Theater yes of course they're making fun of bad movies but there's a real love there Mm -hmm. and they have filmmakers on Q&As and Kim Cattrall who's the best yeah she did a couple of Comic-Con appearances with them because they did a few Kim Cattrall movies so talk about having an awesome sense of humor so I think about that so we are screening as part of our Creature Feature Film Festival Joe Dante's Piranha ah excellent excellent and it's a good example of something done as a B-movie that Spielberg appreciated enough that a few years later gave Joe Dante work. Yeah. So he didn't look at it as like, oh, those people ripped me off. Oh, I'm so insulted. He looked at it and went, that's cool. Do you want to direct Gremlins? Yeah, and it's shot very well. Like, it's not... You know, you can really see the markings of a good filmmaker yeah. in that. Like, the shots are really good. The acting is good. There's deliberate comedy. It's not It's not a bad movie by any means. Like, it's, it feels weird to say it like that. But, like, it's a legit good movie of what it is, you know. I think about that sometimes with movies that don't quite hit. And I know this is might sound out of left field. But The Man with the Iron Fists. Oh, yeah. RZA. RZA's movie. It wasn't good, (laughs) but I really liked it. It did a really good job of action scenes and Mm -hmm. kind of cool, weird characters. Russell Crowe was fun. Russell Crowe. Yeah. And of course, Riza knew how to tie in the music cues. So not a bad film, but I looked at it and I was like, wow, if he gets a little more experience and gets a couple more shots, he could do something really good. And so with Piranha, I looked this up. Piranha cost $600,000. Wow made 16 million dollars <laughs> and that's back then where they yeah. didn't track numbers very well so you got to take into account how much money it made off of vhs and rep houses and all that stuff it probably made twice that much money and six hundred thousand is not cheap for back then no i thought that too and as you said it's academy of science fiction fantasy and horror films best editing award winner and best film nominee huh and five stars from a more recent review from Kineto Film. And yeah, it's just one of those movies where there's a lot of talent in there that went on to do other things. But it is interesting how it's of that B-movie, Saturday night, teens going out to a movie, don't care what they're going to see type of thing, you mm-hmm. know, that we don't really have anymore because that kind of exists, but it's almost more of that's the, not that we have straight to video, but that's like straight to streaming kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I love it when a B-movie hits our screen and it's a new B-movie because we don't have as much of that anymore. I think it's harder to make. Those movies are just kind of 
it's almost like those movies are Blumhouse movies now where yeah. that's your $5 million movie. Pretty much, yeah. And there's some really fun character actors in this. Like Paul Bartel is so good in this. He's He was in uh, Rock and Roll High School. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That sort of stuffy teacher who becomes a huge Ramones fan by the end of it. Yeah. And he's in so much, all, most of the Corman stuff. He was just one of those guys. He has like kind of a Will Ferrell vibe at times, I find. Yeah, like, yeah. It, kind of weird, but yeah, no. That's really good. And uh, as a side note, Deadly Harvest, very good Kim Cattrall uh, B-movie. Okay, uh, yeah. Canadian, I think, too, actually. Is that one they made fun of? It could have been, because it's low budget. And yeah, yeah. it's Kim Cattrall, so it's like halfway there. But I was at my uh, buddy Tony's place recently, and he had it on VHS. Oh, and good. I was like, oh, man, Deadly Harvest. And then he's like, oh, I've never watched it. I was like, what? You've got the VHS? <laughs> You've never? you know." So anyway, I just didn't think I'd ever bring it back to Deadly Harvest, but here we are. And we got a shout out, of course, Dick Miller is in this mm-hmm. movie. Wait, this was Joe Dante's first movie, right? I guess so, yeah. So like this I, started their long relationship? Yeah, I think he had done like a second director backup something or other, maybe right before, oh. around that time. Wait, is this before or after Rock and Roll High School? Rock and Roll High School, I think is 78, and this is, or no, this is 78. They're both 78. Huh. Okay, because Joe Dante was an uncredited director on rock and roll high school for like reshoots i guess or something so maybe this is what he was like hey you didn't screw that up too bad try this yeah that god we should have looked that up but that might have been it he might have been like second unit director on rock and roll high school and then they went hey come do piranha oh rock and roll high school 79 oh so but this was very likely made in 78 so. yeah yeah yeah, that's, that's probably exactly what happened, or vice versa, you know. But, well, stuff sits on the shelf a little bit, too, so. Joe Dante is still out there doing stuff, and he's a bit older, so he might be like, I'm happy to do TV because it's easier and it's a good gig. Yeah. But every time there's, like, a big summer blockbuster movie, I'm like, Joe Dante could have done that. Yeah, easily. He, he had such a great track record there, in the 80s especially. Yeah. But then I think, I don't know if he's in director jail because of... Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers and Looney Tunes Back in Action. Those yeah. two movies back-to-back... <laughs> Which did not make money. I think that might have been like, okay, go do independent stuff in TV, Joe. Yeah, but he seems happy, I guess. That's oh, the, yeah. That's the takeaway. But yeah, so that is our second of four creature feature. We just did Grizzly. Next up is Alligator and oh. then Jaws. Oh, so good. All of it. <laughs> throughout the month. And then our final thing this week is Saturday Night Cinema. Amazing. Our free for members, members only secret late, late movie presentation. Yeah, he hasn't asked me to do it, so I think he's actually going to do it. He's got one. Yeah. Which is nice. So. He's got a pick. He's got one in the chamber. Hilariously, I just found, you know, I always have a couple of ones ready to go just in case. And I, yeah. I just recently watched one for Bad Movie Night that would be a perfect cinema. So I'm like, you know, I'm ready. I'm waiting in the wings. I'm the not quite champ guy who's like all ready for the big fight kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. But it's, you know, it's really fun to come and not do it also. You know, where you just go, hey, I can just come and sit down and I don't have to do a speech or nothing. Just let some other guy tug. I always think it's interesting. It makes sense. There is a, as tradition goes, there's a introduction. Yeah. That tells what you're about to see. I almost thought it'd be fun to just do it. <laughs> just like press play, watch yeah. the movie. So it's like truly a surprise when the title credit comes up. It's true. I mean, but then I wouldn't get to do the, well, Lee too, actually, he's even worse than I am for just the excitable ranting. Yeah. I mean, that's like his whole thing, basically. So I used to pre-write these things and like read it off my phone and all the like details about the movie, all this stuff. And then after a while, I was just like, first of all, I was like, I don't know, it's sort of, there's no connection there. You're just reading off a phone. But second of all, I'm just like, you know, vibing with the audience, playing off them is a lot more fun and just kind of excitably ranting. And and I was like, wait, that's just what Lee does anyway. I might as well have done that. I know what it feels like to want to do an excitable rant because this morning I happened to read that Nate Fillion has been cast as Guy Gardner. Oh, yes. And that's my favorite character. Well, one of my favorite characters. 
and I love Nate Fillion, and I almost woke up Gwen like Christmas morning shaking her. Wake up, wake up. Nate oh, Fillion's man. been cast. You're, so that's like not a spoiler, I guess. You know, no. I know you try to avoid some stuff. but I do. Like, I don't like watching trailers and stuff, but sometimes you just can't miss it. This was just there, and I didn't even try to read it. It was just like, these three actors cast in James Gunn new film, and it was two actors who I'm not familiar with and Nathan <laughs> Fillion. The funny thing is, I thought Nathan Fillion, depending on if they do like a flashback, I thought Nathan Fillion would make a good Pa Kent. Yeah. But now he's playing Guy Gardner, which is a very different character than Pa Kent. More of a loudmouth jerk, Bruce Campbell kind of a character. They could have done that as Pa Kent. I mean, they yeah, switch yeah. it up and he's just like, wow, he's just an ass. Like, yeah. I, I thought he was supposed to be a nice guy. But yeah, so I'm I'm very excited about that. There's a lot to look forward to, especially if you were a fan of Killer Fish or stuff like that, you know. I always laugh. We constantly make the joke that we only show good movies, but the track record of movies I've seen here in the past couple weeks, I wrote it down. Blackberry, You Hurt My Feelings, The Passenger, Lahane, Starling Girl, Chevalier. They're all good. I didn't even, I forgot about The Passenger until I was listening to the podcast two weeks ago or whatever. And then I was like, oh, that trailer sounds really good. I, I wish I'd watched that. Passenger was so neat. Just very of its time, 1970s, slow paced, but still really tense and good kind of mystery thriller thing going for it. And I gotta imagine there's a lot of like, oh, is he gonna get killed? He's pretending to be a bad guy. Are they gonna shoot him in the back? Or Pretty whatever? much, yeah. Because it's slow paced, but yet there's people on his tail, right? Yeah. And so you're always thinking... And there's a couple times where he like walks into a hotel and there's somebody there and he runs out <laughs> and hops in the car and speeds away. Yeah. So it's a really interestingly paced movie and not super long. It's like two hours and young Jack Nicholson just playing Jack Nicholson. But yeah, I like that era. And to see it here, the restoration of it, holy cow. It just looked like it was, we were watching it day one when it was released back in the 70s. Yeah, And hilariously, I believe there's a new movie called The Passenger that just came out or is coming out now. I think there was like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm like, come on. No, we want the Nicholson pretending to be some other guy. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So that is the movies we are screening the week of Friday, July 14th. So close to 13th again. This keeps happening. Yeah, but it's still fun. It's already weird enough that it's Wednesday and not Tuesday, so I can't keep track of anything. Yeah. And I will mention, just to actually plug the Mayfair, if you're watching a movie here, you'll notice we have a few new advertisers on screen, which is cool. For the next, I think, four months, we're going to have different ads from the National Art Gallery of Canada. Nice. Little 30-second commercials. Then we have a slideshow ad for the Ottawa Valley Roller Derby. Oh. And then one for the Classic Theater Festival. Oh, wow. So... I just plug that because if you are a local festival or business, uh, you can advertise. We have reasonable rates and it gets to be on screen if you're a video on screen before each movie. Yeah. And then if you're in our slideshow, our digital slideshow, we just have it in rotation. So for half an hour before each movie, they slide through with in-house ads for posters and then stuff like this. So if you want to support the Mayfair, that's a good way to do it. And I've seen advertising at work where people will walk up to me and go, oh, do you know when the new roller derby game is? Or, oh, what's that? thing for so or people walk up and buy a comic book from me because i advertise my comic book so yeah you're like i don't know when the roller derby is but i could sell you a zom keys they're like oh Uh? my no i wouldn't be interested in that (laughs) how dare you also uh just so people know we would be willing to record ads for you if needed we have done that we've done that I it mean, was super I think fun. Only once or twice, but still, like, you know, that was the best. We actually would prefer if you asked us to do that, but it's fine. We'll do that too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it and then try to charge you after. We're not very good at this. No, we've already advertised the hell out of Odd Burger. <laughs> yeah. I was so. going to say, like, we really we need a video of us going in and being like, hey, that's just, it's nice to have a real good option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. I have tried to contact them, but I haven't heard back yet. Okay. There is no Odd Burger at Ottawa.com. 
sitcom yet. Man, there so. isn't even a restaurant yet, so no. I guess that's fair enough. Oh, I want one of those. So soon, so soon. <laughs> we need this. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us at mayfairtheater.ca and on the social medias, and we'll see you back here next week for more summertime fun time movies at the Mayfair. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, now I've got a week and a half to figure out how I can meet Cage in Montreal. Do it. Like, oh, I'm a reporter with the Mayfair Times. <laughs> I, I need this, please. Who could have imagined they were there? Who could have predicted they would attack? And now, who would survive? Piranha. Piranha. They're hungry. What's the matter with you? Piranha. They're unstoppable. Stop that! Hey. Keep your hand out of the water. What's wrong with the water? The water is filled with carnivorous fish. Piranha. They call them the devil fish because wherever they go, hell waits below. They breed like flies. There'll be no way to stop them. Suddenly, no one is safe. And everyone must be warned. The water is now a human death trap. Two people have been killed up there and more have been killed all along the river. You gotta believe us. These are the man-eaters who go beyond the bite of all other jaws. Sharks come alone. Piranha come in thousands. Crazed by the scent of blood, they live by the taste of flesh. With razor teeth, they can strip a man to the bone in a frozen instant of terror. Piranha. They're here. They're hungry. They'll eat you alive. Who can stop them? <laughs>